Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. And I have with me today, first time guest, uh, Pastor Mike McKinley. He's the pastor of Sterling Park Baptist Church, and then an author of numerous books. We'll talk about some of those, and in particular, his newest one uh, along the way. But Mike, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a joy to to get to connect. Uh, I've known you for a a good while, but uh, it's a joy to get to uh, talk through some of your your work and, and the new book. So I just I want to start here and only start here with new guests. Just tell us briefly kind of how you came to know the Lord and then how you got into ministry. Yeah, I wasn't uh, wasn't really raised in a Christian family or a church going family particularly. Um, but uh, in, you know, long story, but in, in God's providence, um, my my mom wound up um, getting to know a woman who was a Christian uh, and took her to mm-hmm. church. I, as a kid, um, always had a sense that uh God was real and that he was probably mad at me. Um, and so I remember, I think the first time I ever prayed, I was seven or eight years old. It was a Sunday morning. I was playing outside with my friends and I, I was like, God, I, I know you're supposed to be in church on Sunday morning. I really don't know what that's about. It's not what we do. Not much I can do about it. But like when I get older, I'll definitely uh, work this out with you. And uh, so my mom started taking me to church. I think she thought I wasn't going to want to go, but I was excited to go and uh went to a faithful evangelical church and the first sunday i was ever in really in a church uh the lady told us that jesus died on the cross in sunday school so that like god wasn't angry at our sin anymore and i was like sign me up for that i think i was seriously converted on the spot as maybe like an 11 year old or say uh or so and so uh my whole family wound up coming to christ um kind of in that that season um never particularly wanted to be a pastor but uh, I thought um, when I was in undergrad at George Washington University, was discipled by by Mark Dever, who had just come to Capitol Hill Baptist Church. So watching him turn that church around um, by God's grace kind of gave me a heart for the local church. And so um, I also was really involved in, in uh, student ministry at the at the university where I was going, and just had a taste for uh, teaching the Bible and things like that. So thought I probably wanted to be involved in our church, but didn't think I wanted to do pastoral ministry and went to seminary really kind of to kill time while my wife went to grad school uh, in Philadelphia. And um, I thought, you know, I wanted to go on and, and do a PhD and teach somewhere. And I thought I'll be, you know, well-served by having an MDiv, you know, whatever church I wind up at, I'll be a, maybe, maybe could be an elder someday and having a theological education would be good. And just through being involved in, uh, in my church in Philadelphia, um, you know, teaching and doing evangelistic things there. Um, this one, this one old lady that I didn't really even know, um, every almost every monday would email me and say you're supposed to be a pastor and i would email her back and be like yeah no i don't think so um mm. and so uh and so finally she uh she wore me down and i was in class one day in at, uh, at westminster and just felt the lord you know kind of laid on my heart that that's what i ought to do so um i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of an introvert and you know um kind of bookish by nature so being a pastor seemed like terrifying to me but um the Lord and his providence has, has surrounded me with really great people. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, so it's been a joy. Yeah. Thankful for that uh, saint who was just, yeah. Pressing in on what she saw as gifting in you. That's a, that's a testimony to her, her kindness and faithfulness. So are you from Philly? 
Yeah, from the Philly suburbs. Yep. Okay, so people can't see that as I'm talking to you and you say you're from the Philly suburbs, you're drinking out of a New York Yankees cup and wearing a New York Yankees hat. How did that happen? Yeah, so I'm I'm a very, very faithful, loyal, borderline psychotic Philly sports fan. So, you know, my wife lovingly refers to the Eagles as as our other religion. Um, but my my grandfather was from the Bronx. And so, you know, I guess it's kind of like election. It just gets, you know what I mean? Like if, if you have it, just be thankful for it. And so uh, I just, you know, the Yankees are kind of like my one, my one, uh, uh, one, one way I'm, I'm, I cheat on Philadelphia, but, but they're my, my other passion, the Yankees. And the Yankees so. When I asked you that question, I thought you were going to say by grace through faith, but you, you use election instead. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, so you also went to Westminster, but somehow you still have a, a biblical view of, of, uh, baptism. So how did that happen? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think, uh, my, my pastor, so Mark Dever, I think he knew me well enough to know that, to know that if he sent me to a seminary, I'd, I'd wind up a Presbyterian. And if he sent me to Presbyterian seminary, I'd wind up a Baptist. So I'm just a contrarian by nature. Um, but I gave it my best shot. I tried hard to become a Presbyterian. Um, I just, I just, you know, I just couldn't, uh, just couldn't do it. So I wound up, wound up, uh, coming through a Baptist. So. That sounds that sounds good. That's why you're on a Baptist podcast. We appreciate it. Um, I want to ask normally new new guests. We ask just some fun questions. I mean, I've already started, obviously, but want to ask four or five quick questions. Think Family Feud answers. You know, as quick as you can. Uh, again, just four or five. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. First one. Favorite book that's not the Bible. Oh my gosh, it's like asking favorite kid. Um, <laughs> uh, wow, favorite book that's not the Bible. Probably um, the Brothers Karamazov. I was just glad you didn't say your new book. So um, it, it wasn't a what about Bob situation. So I appreciate that. Um, second question. You've already, we've already talked sports a little bit, but favorite athlete of all time? Donald Arthur Mattingly. Wow. You gave us the middle name, too. Oh, my gosh. Of Evanston, Illinois. Oh my goodness. That's where Eastern Illinois is. I think. Um, favorite. That, that or, was my, say, my childhood hero. Was, that's amazing. I, I'm going to ask it like this dead or alive favorite uh, bucket list concert. What would be your bucket list, bu- bucket list concert? Oh, um, yeah. Screeching weasel. Great. <laughs> no band from the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't recommend to them up. Okay. Okay. Because one of the first times you and I hung out, uh, you were telling me a little bit about your testimony, and you said something like, "You know, I was into to punk music, and this was in this era when, you know, Christianity started to do this punk Christian." You said it wasn't good for punk, it wasn't good for Christian <laughs> Christianity. It just wasn't good for anybody. So, that's yeah. Um, I stand by that. The, the screeching weasel. That was the first time that has been the answer on the Battle Twenty One podcast. Um, Final question would be, okay, do you remember your first sermon that you ever preached on a Sunday morning, and what was the text? Uh, the text was, I do remember it, it was July 4th weekend at uh, the, it was like the third, the 5 p.m. service. So it was a Sunday morning, but, you know, the mega church, so they do the, the four services. Uh, it was the 5 oh, p.m. Wow. service on July 4th weekend. So it was about, it was buried as deep as it could possibly be, uh, you know, on the bench. Uh, and it was about uh, it was David's adultery with Bathsheba. So text wow. assigned to was me. it okay? Was it Christ centered? It was by God's grace. 
It was. Praise, praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Thankfully, no, um, no one, let, no one let me preach until I wasn't far enough along to, to, uh, yeah. to have Westminster drill into me. Okay. Yeah, I you thought you were saying seven. Um, so. Yeah, you learn Christ-centered preaching there. Amen. Yeah, it's one of the wonderful gifts that the Presbyterians have given to us. Um, all right, let's talk about your new book. So the new book is called uh, Friendship with God, A Path to Deeper Fellowship. I want to talk just through some of that, but um, what what was the impetus behind the writing of this book? Yeah, so it's based, um, carefully based on John Owen's book, uh, Communion with God. So I I um I had a sabbatical maybe about ten years ago, and uh, as I was kind of uh, looking through my books, trying to figure out what to read again, I mean you saw how long it took me to answer what's my favorite book, you know. So I I think I stood in my office for a good six or seven hours just looking around the different books, trying to choose uh, what to read, and uh, and I I bought a copy of Communion with God. I'd never read it, and um, as I was thinking through my life and thinking through what was a good investment of time on sabbatical, I thought you know spend so much time in the Bible and talking to people about God and, and praying and those kinds of things, but not, I'm not really sure I even know like what exactly communion with God means. Um, and so, uh, I set about to read it and the, honestly, the book just blew me up. I think I read it a couple of times on sabbatical and, uh, found it so helpful, found myself using it in ministry a lot. And, uh, you know, but if you've read Owen, he's, he's a bit of a slog. And so I've, it's been in kind of my heart that, that I, w- I wish somebody would, just take these ideas and make them accessible to people. Um, so I do a, I do a Bible study on Wednesday nights for guys from a local AA chapter, and many of them don't have any background in the Bible at all. You know, some of them have come to Christ and that's been amazing, but um, I thought these guys really need to, to know this stuff, but I, I could never give them a copy of Owen. So I wish somebody would just write something that was so clear that took these ideas that I find so life-changing and important and, and uh, make them accessible. And so I asked a bunch of people if they'd do it and no one wanted to. And so finally um, I decided to try it, try it out myself. Hmm. I love, I love hearing that. Uh, and I want to ask some more specific questions around that in a minute, but I want you to kind of broaden out from the book for a second. Uh, I, you know, I know you a little bit and just be curious your read on kind of larger evangelical world right now. Um, you know, even just, the circles that we kind of run in, but what are you encouraged by? What are you discouraged by? And then I'll, I'll kind of come back to the book behind that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm encouraged by, um, you know, just just how many faithful churches I see out there. I, you know, and I find myself fairly regularly discovering churches I didn't know about that are doing uh, really faithful, awesome work. Kind of quite apart from any recognition. And, you know, I think the internet makes us think that only the things that happen on the internet are, are important. Um, mm. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm deeply encouraged by the the fruit God's bearing, you know, even in our area. Um, you know, when I started out here 18 years ago, there really weren't that many churches that I could, there were lots of churches, but I couldn't point to many churches and say like, yeah, it's a really healthy kind of Christ centered mm. uh, church. And, and now there's like, tons of them you know and and uh i'm really grateful for that and uh the work amongst particularly amongst the nations that's going on you know just even in our area our neighborhood you know arabic speaking churches spanish language churches you know uh telugu language churches just yeah i see lots to be encouraged about Hmm. what kind of things are discouraging right now 
Now would be a good time to talk about our upcoming Baptist 21 lunch panel at the SBC. That's right. We'll be back at lunch during the Tuesday break of the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. This year's panelists will include uh, Danny Aiken, Al Moeller, Juan Sanchez, with panelists to be named later. Uh, seats are limited and tickets are $25 right now for early bird registration. Uh, the venue will be right across the street from the meeting hall of the SBC. And maybe the best news of all, no cold sandwich box lunch this year. Instead, we will have Chick-fil-A. Uh, the panel will also include uh, books. And you can get your tickets today at Baptist21.com. Well, I, you know, I think um, the uh, yeah the obsession with politics, you know, certainly being in the D.C. area, um, you know, just seeing so many people, it seems like in an unhealthy way, just equating you know, the work of God and the and the sort of political fortunes of the United States uh, to see it just seems like creating a lot of contention in the church and distracting the church from what seems to be much more important work, you know. So mm. that'd be probably one of my one of my main concerns is just a even just a um a panic, it seems that's setting in as as uh, as Christianity is being marginalized in the culture, mm. you know, just, seeing people um you know seeming seeming to be unable to sort of put the events in the newspaper and the the words of the scriptures together um in a in a in a way that's helpful and and trusting in the lord and and sort of happy in his providence even when you know things are going in ways i wish they weren't going hmm. you've already told us a little bit about how like the impetus behind the book as far as serving the the men that you do this uh bible study with but just with those things as the backdrop so Encouraged by faithful churches, discouraged by just focus on politics, not being able to connect uh, even the scriptures to panic. How do you hope this book will serve uh, those sort of things that you're seeing in the larger Christian circles that, that we run in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I think if we're distracted, it's it's because we're not paying attention to the right things. And and my hope is that the book is is useful in encouraging people to to really do a do a deep dive on what's really important, which is their relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And um, you know, if we're if we're cultivating that kind of, you know, friendship or to use Owen's language, communion, um, I think it puts the other things in in life in perspective in, in a way that I think would be would be helpful for the church. Yeah, a couple of verses just I have obviously similar concerns that you have and uh, encouragements, but one of the verses that's really hits home right now, and I feel like it Dove, dovetails with your book is just what does it you know what does it profit a man to gain the, the whole world and to lose his soul uh and then obviously if uh the the treasure of our soul is is the lord uh and fellowship with him then that that puts some of these things these temporal things in, into an eternal perspective um that, that would be helpful uh in the, in the book you you say this so you say have you ever seen a small child open a gift only to wind up playing excitedly with the bow that was on the package. The problem is that he doesn't understand the value of the gift he has received. Uh, what are your thoughts on how we can tangibly help others, even ourselves, understand the weight and magnitude of the gift that we have uh, received? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, you know, for me, a lot of the the joy that came in sort of exploring these ideas and, and writing this book was just having the time to really look at all, all that God has has done for us in Christ and all that he says he wants to, to be for us as a, as our friend, right? Because, you know, I think we, we might be comfortable with language of God as King, God as judge. Um, and, and he is those things, uh, 
but the Bible also, you know, spends a, a almost a shocking amount of time talking about how much God loves us and and wants to uh, wants to be known by us and and um, wants us to communicate ourselves to Him. And so, you know, that's that's just this this precious gift. And when we when we don't understand that, then we really we are so easily distracted by other things, right? We are we are like that child mm-hmm. playing you know, with the, with the bow instead of the gift. And so, you know, if you think about it in that, in that situation, right, when you have a a toddler who's doing that, you know, what you do is you, you kind of redirect their attention to the gift. And you say like, the the reason why they love the bow is because the bow is easy and it's glittery Mm -hmm. and it's sparkly and they understand what to do with the bow. You know, the, the Lego set that they got, they don't, they don't know how to put the pieces together. They don't know how to, they don't know what all the things, all the joy this could bring them. And so, um, you know, hopefully the 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 book serves to help people see look at look at this gift you've received look at this amazing thing and mm. and that's going to make this sparkly bow over here a little less attractive it's mm. good especially thinking that you know coming the concept is coming from as you said john owen a puritan who's you know sometimes they have a bad rap of thinking so much about judgment other things uh but to think through the kindness of the lord and and the gift that 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 is that he wants to be known uh by us and um yeah just a really, really helpful way to think through this. Um, how does our view of God, specifically His kindness and love, how how should that, how does that, and how should that affect our our obedience? Well, I mean, I think in a in a number of ways, and so you know, Jesus explicitly, uh, you know, connects love and obedience, right? Friendship and obedience. Um, you know, if uh, if you love me, do do what I command. Um, we tend to think those things are are at odds. Um, but if you think about it, if if we really trust God's love, then his his commands become a, a delight to us, right? Because I trust, oh, you know, this like I, if I have a if I have a cardiologist who I think is really wise and helpful and has my best interests at heart, I follow his instructions, right? And in the same way, when I trust God's love for me, then his instructions become pleasant to me because I I trust mm, him, right? Good. And and in the same way, I then see my obedience as a, you know, not as the um the sort of obedience of a slave, but the mm. obedience of a son, right? So Owen, mm. Owen has this great pick phrase, I won't get it exactly right, but he says basically slaves uh take freedom from obedience, sons find freedom in obedience. Mm. And you know, this idea that like if you like if I'm a slave, then all I want to do is not have to work for you. But if I'm a son in a house, then I understand that, oh, I have a position here and a, and a role and all of this is mine in some way. And mm-hmm. I love my father. And so it's a delight to to do that, you know, to do that work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, you know, I think one example, I, I think I use it in the book is like, I love to to chop wood. And my wife loves nothing more than from like, I mean, absurdly early, like in late August, she wants a fire in the fireplace, you know, through <laughs> like May. And so, you know, I, I love splitting wood. It, you know, I enjoy the act of it, but it also brings me joy knowing that, hey, like all, all winter, we're going to have fires in the fireplace and that makes my wife happy and I love her. You know, but if you kidnapped me and forced me to split wood all day, you know, for a tyrant, I, I would hate that, yeah. right? So it's the same act, but one mm-hmm. in one, it's it's motivated by love and relationship as opposed to, mm-hmm. to slavery. And so I think if we understand God's love for us and if we return love to him, then then obedience I think we can see how it fits right in there. Well, that's really helpful. Key text, uh, John 15, uh, you know, uh, what are some other key texts you sort of explore in the book? 
Yeah, you know, there's a there's a number of them. Um, so Owen, he brings his sort of discussion into um, his into the Trinity. He breaks it up. So it's, he wants to talk specifically about communion with the Father directly, communion with the Son directly, and communion with the Spirit um, directly. And so, um, so the book's kind of organized along those lines. And there's scripture that that um, kind of point us in, in each direction. So, um, you know. Uh, talking about the 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 love of God the Father particularly. So Owen Owens um argues that we're meant specifically to have communion with God the Father or friendship with him in his love. So if you think about all the mm-hmm. verses, you know, um that tell us about uh, you know, even, you know, God is love, right? In first John, we immediately goes on to talk about and and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins, right? So the the God who is love is the one who has a son to give. Um mm-hmm. John three sixteen, right? God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, right? So that's God the Father, and and Owen does a really helpful job of of showing, you know, through a, a number of texts that that our friendship with God is carried out in His love for us, and so it's believing it, that He loves us, delighting in that love, um, that particularly uh, uh, is how we carry out that communion. Um, mm. You know, when it when it comes to God the Son, uh, that communion is carried out in grace, and so. Um, you particularly talk about the grace of the Lord Jesus being with us. Um, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's it's uh, his role as a comforter. So Owen's, you know, he's a brilliant theologian of the Holy Spirit, uh, and uh, he he limits himself in the book and says, you know, the Spirit does a lot of things. He regenerates us, he sanctifies us, but you know, particularly the way we carry out our relationship with him is in the comfort that he brings us um, uh, in our in our sin and our temptation and our trials and our suffering. Um, and so yeah, there's a host of scriptures that that go with that as well. I had I had actually I'm glad you brought up communion because I had as kind of a, a kind of a wrapping up application question. You, you know, uh, thinking about friendship, it obviously brings the idea of relationship communion. So what does it look like for us to live in constant communion with God throughout everyday life? Not not like just during you know devotional time, but also just in the daily routines of life. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and I think this is where. Um, this is, I think, what I found so helpful about Owen and why I wanted to write the the book and hopefully make these ideas a bit more accessible is because it's it's not some really, you know, I hear the word communion with with God and I think, okay, mystical, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. Like, uh, it feels kind of overwhelming. Um, but I think when, when you, you know, when you boil down to it, Owen basically says that our communion with God consists in in his communication of himself to us. And our return of those things that he ordains and accepts. So basically, God communicates Himself to us, and then we we return, we communicate to Him, and and we don't do that just anyway. But like He's actually given us things we can do, right? And and yeah. you know, it's actually not some like secret occult list, right? It's things like like praying, right, and yeah. and uh, delighting in Him. Uh, being involved with a church, right, where you're a member of the body of Christ, right, and you're you're uh, you're in communion with a, with Christ's body, taking the Lord's supper, hearing God's word preached, you know, praying to Him, singing praises to Him, you know, and so I think like those are things that are are kind of everyday experiences, you know, uh, yeah. for a Christian. And so as I'm going through my day, uh, as I'm as I'm bringing my my troubles, my temptations, my sorrows to to God, as I'm praying earnestly for the the comfort of the Holy Spirit as I'm rejoicing in God's love for me. Like those things are like, that's how we live out our friendship with, with God. 
So should we call you a, a punk rock Puritan? Is that is that the label? <laughs> I've been called worse, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> well, I, I I love this idea of taking even so I've read a good bit of Owen and just the idea of kind of uh, taking him and making him accessible to uh, to you know twenty first century Christians. I think wonderful work. Um, who who would you say is generally the audience that you had in mind as you wrote the book? Yeah, really, I I any Christian, I think. Um, so I really tried to be um, I tried to be clear enough uh, that that even a new believer, somebody without a lot of background, or even someone who's not a very um, experienced reader, uh, or you know, not, not everybody loves to read, and so tried to make it really clear uh, in that sense. But I think the material. The, the source material is so rich that um, I think even if uh, if you've been walking to the Lord for a long time, um, as as I was when I when I read Owen for the first time, um, you know, I think there's still there's still plenty there. So uh, I, I hope that churches will find it useful. You know, the, each chapter basically I just took each chapter in Owen and turned it into about 1500 word, you know, kind of devotional length chapters so that it's mm. not a very sort of long or taxing book. But hopefully, hopefully it's rich and helpful. Yeah, and I would I would commend it to you, and I would commend Mike as an author, I mean, very uh, accessible and engaging uh, writer. You've written several other books. I'm going to give just two in mind, give some blurbs as we kind of sign off here. Uh, one, as a guy who helped oversee a, a network that's about church planting, uh, you have a book called Church Planting is for Wimps. It's one of your first books. Give, give us briefly, what's that book about? Yeah, it's uh, it's about the story of basically getting started at our church. So we did a little church revitalization of about seven people, and so it's just it's kind of an ordinary means of grace uh, view of church revitalization and, and even church planting. Um, so it, when I wrote it, I don't know, twelve so years ago, there was kind of a uh, a movement of church planting that was big, splashy, macho explosion, and uh, you know, I kept kept talking to church planters who were really discouraged by that. And I thought maybe we could take another, another approach. So. Another one is, uh, am I really a Christian? Uh, just the, the, the title kind of speaks for itself, but just give a little blurb about that book. It's a, help, a helpful book. I've worked my way through and, and, and commend to other people. Oh yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Just basically just looking at some of the things scripture tells us, you know, that we can, we can look to in our lives to see, you know, to have assurance of, of salvation or, or perhaps to see that, um, that we're not actually converted. So it's written, it's written to help people kind of examine themselves uh, along biblical lines. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe a book you could give to a, a nominal Christian in your life and, and help them to see that maybe they're not, they're not actually following the Lord. Well, check out these two books and then check out friendship with God crossway, Amazon. You, you can find um, uh, copies of that. We're actually going to give uh, copies away at our uh, international pillar conference in Scotland coming up in May. So crossway is going to donate some books there. So if you want to come to be at a good conference and get a good book in Scotland, uh, you can find out details at the pillar uh, But Mike, thanks for your service here. Um, if you want to take more John Owen books and turn them into to accessible books, I think many of us would be very thankful for that, but appreciate you taking time to to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the uh, Baptist 21 podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.